Welcome along to this week's episode of Craggy Island Rugby. Connacht versus Zebra. 34 points to 10. Five tries to two. 15. Another bonus 15. point 15. win. 15. 34 points to 15. <laughs> five tries to two. We'll probably yeah, just leave this in. the scoreboard down really quick, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah, I lost track. And why who, would you blame me? Uh, William, hello. Good evening. Alan, hello. Hey. Let's go straight to your main match package. Oh, it. this should be thrilling. Well, the first half. <laughs> That's good. Okay, William, this is game four, is it? I think it is. <laughs> I was so confused with the World Cup. I'm not sure where we are, but it's a um, beautiful evening to play Zebra. Yeah, it's fabulous evening up here. Better crowd than I thought we might get. Pitch looks fantastic. It's quite mild. A uh, very simple job tonight for Connacht is a bonus point win and no more injuries. Jack Carty out, which is disappointing before the start. So uh, it's a weak enough Zebra side, although they do have some Italian internationals back who were playing last week in the World Cup. OK, William, it's 21 minutes gone and we've just scored our second try. We're now leading 15-3. Breakaway try made mostly by an error by Zebre, who have made countless errors, failure to kick penalties into touch. It's very scrappy, uh, but Connacht have seized their opportunities to score. Slightly worrying that Tom McCartney has gone off with what looks like a bad head knock. Okay, William, we've just got our, our bonus point try right on half time. Craig Ronson's about to take the, the conversion, but it's uh, a bit better now. Yeah, uh, Connacht have seized their opportunities, settled down a little bit. Uh, Zebra aren't up to much, really. Uh, they're still making a lot of errors. And Connacht have done exactly what they needed to do. They just need now in the second half, I suppose, to get the bench moving and uh, slight control this to a win. Yeah, half-time, 29 points to 10 in favour of Connacht. Okay, we're just on 61 minutes, William. We've got another try since half time, but it's um, it's very scrappy. Yeah, it's scrappy and it's becoming more disjointed now. Besides clearing their benches, it's just there's not a lot really left in this game. It's just a matter of maybe some of the younger guys stepping up and showing what they can do, but it's becoming very fragmented. Yeah, an awful lot of substitutions gone on. And it was um, Dennis Buckley at the back of a, a Roland Mall that scored that last try. So um, we'll talk to you again at full time, but it's not particularly exciting. Okay, William, uh, the match is finished at last. Um, 34 points to 15. 15. (laughs) They took the score down before. Holy cow. That was the quickest thing that happened all night. Um, Shocking stuff, really. Yeah, very average stuff. Second half was dreadful. Andrew Brown made the right decision. Got taken off at half-time. Wins the man of the match. <laughs> That's about all we can say, really. We'll talk later. All right, so that's the game. Uh, we'll hear from Pat Lamb in a few minutes. <laughs> William reckons you're much more professional, Dave. Yeah, I wasn't here last week, <laughs> listeners, and I took a big kicking. I was on the subway listening to your 53-minute-long podcast. On the uh, World Cup. Uh, on, the on, World on, on the World Cup, not, 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 not on Craig. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah it's a different, yeah, yeah. different podcast, but I think we have the same listeners, really. And yes, uh, I had a good time in America. Watched a bit of hockey. Winnipeg won two games. Who cares? 
we had the World Cup. It was brilliant. I know, I watched... That's why, oh. that's why it lasted so long. You had, you had a fantastic game between Australia and Wales, and then you had an unbelievable game between Ireland and France. What more do you want? Oh, something for the World Cup podcast, which I'll elaborate on more, but my friend, Barry Murphy, over in Boston, had the World Cup on his own subscription package, which they have in America. Do you know what you get? No analysis, no adverts, just the entire game with good commentaries, Miles Harrison, and you even get the halftime. You see the stadium throughout the halftime, 40 minutes beforehand. It's brilliant. It's so refreshing. I will actually pay for the next World Cup just to have no adverts but that's for another story in another podcast William Davis what did we just watch there uh, we watched Connacht do what they had to do not very well but well enough got a bonus point don't think anybody got seriously injured um, but god the last half hour was painful I, I've never seen anything like the build up to that last Zembray try it took about 25 minutes to come and oh, it was horrible stuff Dave Finn. yeah um, reminds me of the epic uh, the great joke about the Wagner wing, ring cycle, uh, Wagner's ring cycle. Um, I, somebody sat down. He went. This joke is that basically a guy sits down to, to listen to the ring cycle three hours li- at eight o'clock, and three hours later he looks at his watch and it's five past eight, and that's what the last half hour was. That, that seemed to last three hours and go on forever, and nothing happened. It was awful. Um, but hey, five points. Yeah, great, lovely, sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's the second time this season that Zebra have let in a bonus point try before half time. Um, Trevisa have done it as well already this season you just They're have to awful. wonder about whether the Italian should be in this league at all do anymore you, do you know what I pulled up the car today I'm not going to name the, the tour company but they were they, they travelled to this game with a tour company that are known for bringing amateur rugby teams around Ireland for a bit of crack and stuff now I'm sure they are very good so I'm sure they can do it for a professional team as well Dave on a more positive note about Zebra Rugby uh, look they didn't look great today they played some poor stuff but there was a big photo at the end you guys have just explained to me what it was about that is to do with Ian McKinley uh, Ian McKinley as you know uh, if you don't know guys is a oh, guy who lost an eye yes. and uh, brought back then he was gouged twice he was taught to retire he decided to go off to Italy lived his life started playing rugby again and I was given a contract by Zebra and he wears these goggles and the goggles are being trialled across Europe and across the world there are three boards that won't do it that's England, France and Ireland it meant Ian McKinley could not play tonight because the IRB have decided the oh, RFU, RFU the RFU the RFB have said yes we'll try that we'll see what happens how is that possible though? Um, the RFU just basically blaming insurance they're blaming some other reasons but there's absolutely no yeah, they may be. They may have proven to be. They may prove to be right in the long run, but we don't know till we see him play. And he should have been allowed to play. And he said he stayed at home in Italy, and everybody just went, "That is ridiculous." That the guy from Dublin cannot play in Ireland, not because you know, there's other reasons for other players, but he should have been allowed to come over and at least see. We won't know if this is if the RFU are right unless we see him play here. And to just go, no, we're not going to do it, is petty in the end, to the nth degree. It was a shame. And I think it wasn't just Zebra, it was a couple, it was the two boys from Lansdowne, John Cooney and Matt Hady as well. Really. And it was part of the let Ian play thing, and he should have been in that play. And it's a disgrace he was. Incredible stuff. I think well covered by Dave. Yeah. So we'll move on to what was. Can we, can we, we've got to take something out of this game. First half. Uh, we, we didn't have any injuries, major ones. Um, and Kieran came off and, and had a lot of ice put on his left foot. But that could have been just someone stuttering him or something. But yeah, he was, he was a bit scrappy. Joe, Joe in the commentary was a bit critical of him. Didn't feel like he was yeah, on his best. Wasn't wasn't his better game, has to be said. What um, about Craig Robinson? Yeah, he he did okay. Yeah, Alan's fired up. He's probably heard that in his live stuff. We haven't heard that yet. I'm sure. What, what about Matt Healy? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, they, they all did fine, but you can't, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. It was a rotten game of rugby, and there was no contest. It was just half-paced stuff, and it uh, it just dragged. It's it's unfortunately the level that the Italian sides are at. Treviso here in two weeks won't be much different, or yeah, three weeks, three or whenever weeks it's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, if you wanted to, if, if you know, to watch proper a proper game of rugby this weekend live, apart from on the TV, you, you'd be better off going to an AIL game, you'd see a much higher standard to be honest. Yeah, my old job on knock on that I remember yeah, exactly, well. Exactly. Unfortunately there's no money in club rugby and no interest in investment but anyways, that's a whole other story. Dave um, talk to me about any positive Shane Delahunt, he was very good. Oh, there was some. There was in there were there were cameos, as it were. Uh, yes. I, there were cameos. There were great cameos. I mean, Craig. Loads of cameos. Craig's try was cameo. Yeah. Uh, Rodney, are you through sold through a dummy and an offload, and then tried to become Superman and take a guy out from twenty yards? Yeah. Uh, Delahunt was fine. It was, it was excellent when he was on. A huge turnover. Um, and the, the, kid, the, the kid. man of the match the, who played half a game yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and the kid at the start who nearly t- who for the second week in row nearly chipped the ball over the stand I mean that's what it was guys it was five points it was done at half time the guy switched off everybody switched off Meant there were physically there were 3,000 people here and mentally there was about 10 people left at 9 o'clock we all just switched off here is the uh, Connacht head coach Pat Lamb who starts off talking about the man of the match <laughs> <laughs> Pat, uh, we're all just discussing what you must be discussing in there, which is another bonus point win. Ten points from the last two games, yet both games have finished with plenty of negatives as well. It was a really bad second half, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It probably sums up the fact that you know Andrew Brown only played 40 minutes and got man of the match. Um, you know, the second half, uh, you know, was, was was not good enough. And you know, I think first things first, we got the job done, got the five points, and, and we understand that that's uh, it's um, you know it's pleasing. That's the outcome we're after. However, we're also a team that is trying to, um, you know, be right at the top, and, and we've got to be ruthless. At twenty nine ten, we um, it's important to put the foot on the on the throat and um, and 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 be disciplined to stay in structures, to work, to do your job, and um, and um, you know because it's it's easy to as we know easy team easy for teams to slack off, but the good teams don't, or the great teams don't, and, and that's what we we aspire to be. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's our own personal standards. Um, you know, um, I think it's, um, that, yeah, that's what's disappointing. In, in the first half, like, Zebra had a lot of ball and a lot of possession. In fact, Connacht, I think, had nearly, you know, two, twice as many tackles to make in the first 20 minutes yet. Profited off uh, good opportunities and turnover ball and used it really well. So, in a sense, that's probably pleasing to see the skill level, great scores from Matt Healy and Kieran Marmion. Yeah, it is. I mean, we do a lot of work on our phase play and our counter-attack and, uh, you know, we want to be that sort of team and um, we want to be comfortable if if we need to maul the ball, we can keep it tight and if we if we want to play a broken play and so there's a bit of structure and work that goes into it and um, you know and, and, and normally if you defend well and you get turnovers then um, the plan was to pressurise them and if we could get the turnovers then, then to attack uh, we missed a couple or, you know we um, where we probably took it and we could have moved it but but ultimately the um, you know I think it's hard to get past that second half yeah, and what, like, what would you say to them in terms of what would you look for in those situations? Like Shane Delahunt came on, added a little bit of real spark. Conan O'Donnell, the front yeah. row was strong as well. So there were positives, but as a unit, they seemed to just maybe force it a little bit, try to do too much from their own half, perhaps. Well, it does highlight again what I've been saying. It's a team game, and and you know, again, if, if it only takes one guy to switch off, and it affects the whole team. Um, so uh, um, you know. Uh, the, 
when you get ahead and you, and you know the game's won, it's um, you've got to be disciplined to, to to stay in there, and 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 that's probably what we're most disappointed by. How big is this Ospreys game next week from your point of view and what you're trying to achieve? Like you're going in now, joint top into that weekend, perhaps depending on what Munster do. I mean, you obviously want to get the win. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, you know, we now. Get a, the boys get a chance to recover uh, on the weekend, and then we have a big build-up. And there's no doubt that that performance in the second half, or you know, it's not good enough to to beat a Ospreys team who we haven't beaten for a long time. Um, it's a place we haven't won for a long time, if at all. We won at that stadium, um, and certainly in my time, you know, we haven't beaten Ospreys. So we understand the challenge we face, and that that's. Um, you know, that's going to have us pretty uh, determined at training this week to to fix a lot of things. The voice of Pat Lamb. Oh, he sounded grumpy. And we have to move on now because none of us want to talk about that game anymore. Nope. We, don't, we want to look forward next week against the Ospreys. We never beat the Ospreys. No, no. Myself and yourself were there a couple of times when yeah. they were just... Oh, it's just... It, it seems that, like... The Ospreys are like our, our Welsh monster. <laughs> we go down there and it doesn't matter how good we are, we just cannot play well against them. Yeah, and that needs to change. This is a real opportunity. You know, if, if Connick beat the Ospreys and Edinburgh, they got a shot at top six. If they don't, even if they split those games, you start to wonder, yeah, will they make it? Yeah, you do. And I, you know, we, we just can't beat them. And tonight is a bad reflection on that sort of game because it, it got so messy but if they make some of the errors they were making in the last half hour against the Ospreys they're going to get done and it's, it's it'll be a mental process they'll have to sharpen up considerably for next week even though the Ospreys will be missing a few players on Welsh duty and stuff but you, it's it's a different type of rugby it's it's so much more precise than anything that was needed this evening you, you could be way off what you were doing tonight and still tidy up the mess you won't get that chance next week All three of you on this uh, Alan first Dave th- th- this is an amazing opportunity for Connacht these fixtures I mean you look at Treviso after that as well I know Edinburgh are going to be all the Scottish internationals back unless Scotland are in the World Cup final of course and you can't rule that out but <laughs> yeah, yeah okay we can rule that out so like bearing that in mind what an opportunity of points in these next three games and you're, you're talking about being well clear of some of your big rivals uh, we've, the fixtures have fallen perfectly they have but like two of our biggest rivals last year to get into two, sixth place were Scarlet and Edinburgh and they both won tonight and we're joint top of the table oh yeah so that, that Edinburgh side are actually doing very well without their Scottish stars oh yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're perfectly right. I mean, Ospreys. It's still an opportunity for points, though. Like, I shouldn't have brought in the other teams, but certainly from a conic point of view, they got to keep pace. Well, they have to keep pace, and they have to keep believing. I mean, there's no. I mean, this is probably the best time to get the Ospreys. But we said that about the Glasgow game, where we didn't play for half an hour and that. So the chances are is that we'll probably do something if, if we can avoid those. We switched off. We switched off in every game this season for half an hour, and tonight it didn't cost us, and Cardiff it didn't cost us, but it cost us hugely. In um, in Glasgow um, now, it's just they just have to play for eighty minutes. Now, if they, if they come out after playing for eighty minutes and they're not, they haven't won. It's down to the fact that our strength and depth. We're pulling kids. We've got a nineteen-year-old tight head, loose head prop um, on the bench, and the guys covering for him are also nineteen. If we can avoid major injuries. Our, still, our strength and depth is not there. The Osprey squad is 50 deep, and it can also, if it needs to, mine the valleys for some tough teak no, uh, dwarf they've pulled out of the valleys who's been playing scrum tight head for the last 400 years. They will always find someone to represent that black jersey and represent it well. But 
eventually that strength and depth is going to go down because Wales have been losing players let hand over fist which means that the, the, the regions have been losing players hand over fist and that's not taking into account the fact that the regions will also lose players to injuries at some point their strength and depth has to be has to hit rock bottom and this is our opportunity but we have to believe in it and we have to play for 80 minutes Saturday next one thirty <laughs> kickoff. that's the next game for Connacht uh, yeah William the, one thing I want to talk about towards the end unless you want to add anything on that no you don't okay so Edinburgh the fixture I hate like I want to bring it up again before we bring the rants because this is madness it's on the same day as the World Cup final and what's difficult about this conversation is right now as we record this and it will be out tomorrow because I'm going to be on my money like we we could be out of the World Cup of course this weekend and then maybe it won't matter as much but it's still the World Cup final so we can make this argument now there's a World Cup final on before it if it goes to extra time we're going to be playing a game during it it's embarrassing well, we won't, because they'll have to change the kickoff time. They, it, it's impossible to say we're kicking off the world, uh, the Connacht match when the World Cup final is on, if, I, if Ireland are in it. It's just not feasible. But nobody seems to have grasped this issue. What uh, if Ireland, the more likely scenario, Ireland aren't in it? It's still bananas because the people that come here are rugby fans and funnily enough a lot of them might think well actually I want to see the end of the World Cup final Why? I can't imagine uh, well it's only the biggest rugby game yeah. that happens every four years and they were pushing it again this evening and you're thinking has nobody thought this through And well obviously they haven't um and it was going to be my rant and you've stolen it but no but I just but felt I've it made deserved it. its own point position in the podcast really well it's the same thing, and they were announcing on the PA this evening. It's Connacht's next home game, and it's beyond parody. Dave, can you start us off with the rants? Yeah, it's just. I mean, this is how bad. I mean, even the refs, the refs with stuff. I don't know an awful lot about this game because I never went near it because I thought it was just for freaks. But at some point, a lot of those scrums, there was a penalty for somebody. Now, I saw arms hitting the ground. I saw people being driven back. I saw, he just abdicated all responsibility for the scrum. At some point, now, if, even if you're risking the wrath of the home crowd, just make a decision and say, you've done something wrong. He abdicated all responsibility, and it includes up until the very end, where there was clearly either a penalty to count or a penalty to Zebra in the top corner, and he let it go. And that's, that could have been, at some point, that may become crucial. Make a decision. And just do it. Don't just ab- if, even if you're even if you're afraid, just make a decision. If you're wrong, you're wrong. But make a decision. And he didn't make any in the scrum, especially in the first half. I got one match program, absolutely brilliantly produced uh, television stuff beforehand. I love the adverts they have for Galway for range eggs and things like that. It, it's genuinely professional and yet local. It's good, I and mean, they're doing a great job. But the match program doesn't tell you where the league table standings. They don't have the league standings in it. They have no statistics on who played during the season so far or scores. And when there's halftime stuff happening and I want to know who those guys out on the pitch what's the names of them there's nothing in there about what the halftime entertainment is you don't even know what teams are playing the mini rugby so you know just a match yeah, program for autographs. there's a whole page to autographs so can we can we keep working on the good progress you're making lads but I'd like to see more that's all what do you mean to ask? no nothing at all I'm worn out he is worn out yeah and tell well, you. I, well, I, well I was up till 5am watching the amazing New York Mets so I have an excuse Let's go, Mets. Yeah, I'll watch a bit of that today. Uh, Alan, I have, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the confident prediction. More likely that Scotland will beat Australia than Alan's going to come up with a rant here and show me by his mood. Alan, have you a rant? No. Ah, there you go. Lads, should we go for a cup of tea? Yeah. Cup of yeah. tea. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what that is. Does he? <laughs> no, no, no. Is that an intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in America. Not, the time, not on you. Not on, on you. Not on you. Oh, yeah. No, um, Sinead Kassan, who'd called Stuart Barnes Stuart Barland or something like that at the start of her interview at the, after the, the French the match. match. At the end You're of the recording match, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Can, can we? We can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So at the end of the match, she called him that, so she was a bit wound up. She'd obviously been screaming and roaring all the way through the match. And he'd had an issue where someone had, had knocked beer all over his laptop on all his notes and whatever during the game. So like he was pretty wound up as it was. <laughs> and then she finishes off the conversation. So I said, we're going for a cup of tea. And Barnsley goes, cup of tea! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, 